Blog Talk Radio. In case you missed it, here's a clip from last week's Fantasy Jester Show. He ranged from 260 to 330 as a hitter. So for me, I've already gone ahead and projected him as a potentially 295 hitter in the majors. Just seems funny, currently batting 286. At least McNabb had had some physical tools, okay? Other than being a tool, he actually had some physical tools as well. Alex Smith has a wet noodle for an arm, okay? He makes Chad Pennington look like Dan Marino. So let's let's just be realistic about that. When you can say you turned Alex Smith fantasy relevant, you lead with your best foot. That's your best foot. And if you're Rex Ryan, you stay away from feet completely. You know, I have you around for a reason, believe it or not, and it's certainly not your good luck. No, it's not. Okay, well, there's a reason, and that's your reason, folks. It's that, like that. I mean, now, early game out in London. I don't think the Rams have a firepower. I'm going Giants. On a national level, how big do you think a Cubs versus Indians World Series would be? go wild saying Ricky Vaughn, hey, here's the Terminator. If you if you get a piece of it, you can rename it. Hi, everybody. This is Ken Danico, three-time Stanley Cup champion of the New Jersey Devils, and you are listening to the hard-hitting Fantasy Jester Show. Hard-hitting is right. And I'm not the only one doing the hard-hitting, as you heard right there. That wasn't me. That, that I, it sounded like uh, you know Jiminy Cricket, my co-host. <sighs> How's everybody doing tonight? Ready for a great one? We God knows uh, what do we have. First of all, it's Fantasy Jester. If you didn't already know who the hell this was, it's the Fantasy Jester show. Just in case you didn't see what the name of the show was, coming to you live, D Land. What? You know what? No, not D Land. It's not D-Land, and the reason why I give the land is, well, I'll mention that in my rant to come. Let's see, because my rant is partially from the land. And, well, anyway, for those who don't know, I'll be getting into my rant soon. First, I got to thank a couple of people and some different areas and do a little business, all that good stuff. All right. For those who know, you know what's coming. Thanks to Fantasy Jester Sports. Um, Blog Talk Radio, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Blueberry, TuneIn, Spreaker, Libsyn, Buzzsprout, Audio Boom, Simplecast, many more, Spotify, all those good ones. <sighs> Thanks for all of them. And most of all, Blog Talk Radio for bringing this crystal clear sound live to you tonight. Sports Stats Charity Auction, Yanni, Laurel, and Jester. Has that been some stuff? Laurel, Yanni, Yanni, Laurel. I kept hearing pizza. I have no idea what everybody else was hearing. And I guess it it, it was depending on uh, whether you heard more bass in your hearing and what you were hearing it on, what the listening device and all that stuff. It kept everybody entertained. I thought that's what the wedding was today, personally. Uh, We don't hear Laurel or Yanni's 
over Jester's Big Mouth. Wow. I'm going to read to you, folks, if you're joining in on the Blog Talk radio site, the producers put up a whole big write-up for me, and uh, I guess they decided to have some fun. We don't hear Laurel Yanni over Jester's Big Mouth. Thank you. (laughs) Everybody's a comedian, folks. This week, announcement week. Charity auction, guests, and more. Yeah, we've got a bunch of really great announcements. We've got the auction, charity auction for Make-A-Wish. Going to be giving out the details tonight, where you can find that so you can bid on that. We've got Fins on Fins next week. Who's the NFL player? Who's the current Miami Dolphin that's going to be joining us? And a couple other announcements here and there we'll throw in. Also, tonight, for the first time, we're going to open up the studio lines and see what happens. <laughs> God only knows, but here you go, folks. Six five seven three eight three zero three seven one. I'll give it again a little bit, but it's six five seven three eight three zero three seven one. It should be on the screen in front of you. NBA playoffs, scary when Jester knows his basketball, just saying, really, what it, you know, I guess I felt too good after last week's show, uh, it's the Terrence to Jester week on this promo, all right, well, anyway, uh, yeah, uh, we're going to talk a little NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, expected to know this, and we hear it tonight, so will you. Wow. Yes, I am expected to know it. And actually, I am happy that my other team, my adopted team, the Tampa Bay Lightning, came back. And we're going to talk about that. Matter of fact, they're up to nothing right now as we speak. MLB, the crop report. What can be said about this great new segment that has gained a lot of attention? Fantasy baseball players have already gained from these on the farm reports. Also, a little bonus from the guys after. And that after is going to be pretty much the call-in, one of the call-ins for you baseball people. NFL, Jester and JT do what they do best. Take fantasy football and your need-to-knows and give it all to you for this coming season. Job opening, mine after Jester reads this on air. That's a good one. Yes, yes, yes. Anybody, uh, if if there's anybody out there that would like to help produce the show and give better write-ups, uh, I'd appreciate it right now. The Fantasy Jester Show is a fast-growing sports show. It combines insider information, great topics, interesting guests, fantasy stats, and information for all the major sports, and it comes with humor. <laughs> yes, it does. We are the best one-two punch, as the promoter, as the producers say on here. Yeah, keep listening. Keep us growing. Thank you to all of you who do. Let's get this underway. Let's get my rant going, folks. You know, I was speaking to somebody in a chat group today, and they happened to be from my old town of good old D-Land, Florida. And it's funny. I asked them to join a league, a football league. And I got a response that has driven me crazy every single damn time I've heard it. And there are several annoying things that you hear in some of these chat groups and you things that you got to put up with. But one of the ones that drive me up a friggin' wall is my wife won't let me. You know what? Here, let me offer you some marital advice. Okay. I'm, I'm going to try and help your marriage right here. Uh, Jester marriage counselor. See your wife won't let you more than likely 
because you suck. And if you suck, she's not going to let you. Now, you see, I happen to play rather well at it, and Mrs. Jester encourages me to join as many leagues as I'd like. So if you keep listening to the Fantasy Jester show, I'm going to help your marriage. There you go. (sighs) Seriously, folks, um, please, if you're hearing it from your wife that she won't let you play enough, listen to us more. My wife doesn't bother me a bit because I'm winning because I'm turning over money, because it's an investment. You see, while we do the ha-has and the he-he's and the colored beard and all that stuff, bottom line, JT and myself and Tate bring you fantastic fantasy advice. That's why you listen. And the ha-has aren't bad either. (laughs) Anyway, speaking of ha-has, the man that helped Help us lose a couple of people last week. Let's get them in here. You know him as JT. Some of you know him as Jason Townsend. Some of you know him on Twitter as Fez437. I call him a friend. I call him a brother. Jason Townsend. JT, how you doing tonight, my man? And he was Look, there. I'm doing great. Oh. I'm just having – wow. I'm, I'm still speechless. I'm blown away. It's funny. <laughs> you think – Ah, I've only got a little bit to say, you know, coming in tonight about a, like a mini rant. And then I listened to your opening, and now all of a sudden it's like uh, feeding a gremlin after midnight. Man, I've got so many things to say to you right now, but we'll, I'll, I'll departmentalize those as we get to each segment during the show. Now, you want to talk about losing people. No, 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 no. Yeah. Hey, let's, let's look in the mirror here, pal. What happened with Mark Duper the other night? Because uh, Whoa, 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 well, what? Well, 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 what happened to Mark Duper the other night? You would talk about me. Let's talk about you. Let's talk about Mark mm. Duper, you know, former Miami Dolphin great wide receiver that caught balls for Marino. Mark Duper, what, 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 what can you tell me about that situation? Uh, well, since you bring it up, folks, uh, since uh-huh. he brings it oh, up, I, do. I might as well come clean. Guys, do me a favor. Somebody get me, show me which clip it is from the other night. The other night, we were going to uh, bring you Miami. I love, I love that I have to give you this. But, hey, listen, the truth is the truth. When we hit home runs, we hit home runs. And uh, not all the time can it be a home run, folks. The other night, we're going to go ahead and we're going to interview Mark Duper to bring you Mark Duper on the show today. And it is set up. Well, I got the clip. Hold on. Which one? Almost Duper. <laughs> All right, it's named it's named almost duper. It gives you an idea, folks. Here's what happened the other night as we were getting ready to pre-record. That'll be one of the announcements this week. Let's try. Nice, that's gonna be awesome, Mr. Duper again. Yeah. Hello, Mark? Hello, Mark, can you hear me? Yeah, this is Mark. Hey, Mark, this is Joseph. Uh, we were talking about coming on the podcast tonight. Yeah, but what, but not now, right? 7 o'clock, right? Yes, sir. Um, 7 o'clock, where, where are you at? I thought you were here in Florida. No, no, I'm on, the, I'm on Louisiana on the golf course. <laughs> Very nice. 
I will call you back, sir. Thank you. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, there you go. Okay. So, what is it? Okay, wait, 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 wait. What's the saying? What, what's the saying? You, you you don't spit in the wind, you don't tug on Superman's cape, and you don't mess with a man in the middle of his backswing on the golf course, but yet, here you are. Hold on here, folks. On the Fantasy Jester Facebook page right now, I'm posting a picture of Mark Duper uh, while he was doing that call, while calling, speaking to Jester. If you go to the Facebook page right now, it's on there. There's a picture of Mark Duper giving me the finger. Um, yeah, hey, yeah, listen, that's folks. pretty much what it what it was at that point, man. You don't interrupt a guy on the golf course. I mean, come on. Hey, listen, you uh, know, I, I thought seven o'clock, man, seven o'clock here, and uh, I was calling a here number, but I kind of. I dropped the ball in the idea that I never checked. You see, when we did uh, a couple of weeks ago, folks, if you were listening in, I had uh, pitcher Bob Tewksbury on. And he was in California, so we had to set up a special time and all that. And I had asked him, you know, what time zone he was in. I forgot to ask Mark. So we are rescheduling Mr. Duper. But, 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 but. All is not lost. It ends happily. I am the jester. It ends happily. Next week on Fins on Fins, you'll be joining myself, JT, the one and only Ryan Walton, and current Miami Dolphin, Walt Akins, will be joining the show next week, everyone. So we're really looking forward to that. Uh, And then we'll go ahead next week. We'll also let you know what happened with Duper when we've rescheduled that because obviously we want to bring you more than somebody out on the links. So not too bad, JT. No, not too bad. We'll live. We'll live to tell the we'll live to tell the tale. Speaking of living to tell the tale, is Oh is, yeah. Are the are, are the Cavaliers gonna live to tell this tale? What did I tell you last week? Now uh, we'll talk about what I had to say about the Vegas Knights when we talk hockey, but but when I talk about this, Boston is the team that's going to beat Cleveland. LeBron says he loses sleep after a playoff loss. Well, guess what, pal? Don't expect to sleep too much. You guys haven't even been in either of these games. And you want to talk about a rookie that's making a difference? Let's talk about Mr. Tatum out of Duke because he's the reason that Boston is where they are at this point. This kid does it all. Uh, and you want to talk about a guy, people say, oh, he's a rookie. You play, as much as I hate the Duke Blue Devils, I'm a Carolina fan, so they're my arch rival. So as much as I hate the Blue, you know, the Blue Devils, look at a guy that's played in how many big games at Duke? You know, I mean, he's been on the big stage. This doesn't, you know, this isn't anything new to him. Uh, and Boston's taking it to him, 2 nothing right now. Boston's taking it to them. I still say I, I'm not coming off my prediction. I, I'm still saying this one goes seven, folks. You got to figure Braun is good for two. I, that's just the way I see it. As much as I might not like the person, the player is still great. He's going to go ahead. He's going to he, he's going to fight through one uh, and, and gain one for himself. And then somewhere mm-hmm. as their back is against the wall, he'll push for another with the team. But 
it might be a case of, you know, Boston just ha- having the manpower to do it. And I, that was something that we talked about last week on the show. So it, it's interesting there. And speaking of manpower to do it, <laughs> man, you look at you, you look at what happened the other day with Golden State. The Rockets slapped okay. down a, a one twenty seven on them. Mm-hmm. Well, Golden State put up one nineteen the, the game before. Neither one of these teams are going to be mistaken for uh, you know the old eighties uh, nineties bad boys Pistons defense. So neither one of these a bunch of Olay defense. You got a bunch of pool, uh, professional bullfighters on both of these teams when it comes to defense. The problem is when Golden State isn't knocking down those three pointers consistently. Other teams can still get inside. There's real no inside game if you look at Golden State. Everything's pretty much 10 feet and out when you look at their game. Yeah, they get their layups and their dunks here and there, but the majority of their game is 10 feet and out. When those shots aren't falling, they're hurting. So the Rockets still have a semblance of an inside game, of a post game. So when their three-pointers aren't falling, they'll just just pound you inside. So 1-1, that's a good series so far. We'll see what happens at game three. I look at this game, and a couple of things come to mind when I look at it. First of all, the Houston Rockets, to me, and I don't know. Maybe it was just me. Maybe it's because I'm looking for it, or I, I don't know what it was. But I go ahead, and I take a look at this team, and they punched Golden State in the mouth. You know, you talk about just really, all right, my – my father, God bless him, used to hate Patrick Ewing. Uh, ever since the day in the playoffs, he scored four points. He said, how does a seven-foot man score four points? How does Draymond Green score six points in 37 minutes in the playoffs? I, 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 hmm. I, they took it. Houston took it to them. Okay. Now, wait and a like I said, what? Now, wait a minute. Now, let's. Now I'm gonna now I have to answer that. Let's go back to the nineties Bulls. You look at Luke Longley, Dennis Rodman, guys that got two, four, six points. They can still affect the game. Look at Rodman, scored absolutely nothing, but he'd still pull down eighteen, nineteen rebounds and play first team defense. So Draymond Green's job is to basically rile up the other team, hard fouls, play defense, and get you the hustle, uh, rebounds, that sort of thing. So I disagree that you have to score to be a significant force in the series. I don't think you have to score. I think if you do the little things that's been proven by many different teams that you can still have these kind of guys on the floor for over 35 minutes. Uh, I don't know. I'm not impressed by a big man getting six points in a big game. I'm not impressed by a big man getting six rebounds when one of his guards gets seven. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, I so agree with you. He needs I, to do I, more. I agree with that. I just, I, I see. Like I said, I think I've, I've been saying Houston, and I'm going to stick by it. I saw a team that punched them in the mouth the other day, not figure, not not literally, but figuratively. Anyway, you know the best I, part I, of that, though, Jester. What best part of that whole thing? You're right. They punched them in the mouth. But if you're Golden State. You go back home and say, we still took one in Houston, and that was, that was our mission the whole time. We took home court advantage and brought it back to Oakland. So they still accomplished their mission. They can hang their hat on that going forward into game three. 
Well, yeah, true. Uh, you know, for those of you out there who uh, are into the numbers, by the way, in that game, Draymond Green, uh, six, six, six. Six rebounds, Ooh. six assists, six points. Ugh. I just um, get one of those back here. You can have this. <laughs> Let's go six, five. <laughs> At this point, yeah, uh, we lost. It doesn't matter here. Just take that one back, please. Uh, but, no, it's funny you mentioned that on the 1-1 one, one now, and they took over home uh, court advantage. And, and I want to go ahead to start talking about my team, and what we're going to be talking about, too, is the auction, is the Tampa Bay Lightning. Tampa Bay Lightning, everybody was writing them off uh, earlier in the week when they were down 2 nothing and heading to Washington. Now, all of a sudden, you see a team that is out there Playing back at home, game five. Not only playing at home, game five, but winning two to nothing. Uh, a team that was down 0-2. I keep saying in that one there, I keep feeling Tampa. Nothing I've seen has changed my mind. Mm-hmm. But then we get to the Golden Knights-Jets series. Well, one thing I got to throw out there before you – as we talk about that. If you're yeah. Jets, if you're listening – you can't score two or two goals or less per game and expect to beat a team that peppers the goalie like the Golden Knights do. You've got to score more than two goals, guys. Get it together. A couple of things. Well, you know, they, they were used to winning 2-1, two, 3-2 two, mm-hmm. games. Okay, so they're used to scoring two and three. Again, a guy that's up for the Vesna Trophy in Hellebuck is all of a sudden now letting in three, four goals. It changes how things are. So it, it's a whole team uh, letdown because defensively as well, they have not, to me, they haven't looked as sharp. So it's going to be interesting. They play, uh, they play tomorrow, three o'clock. And uh, it, it's my opinion that I, I could be wrong on this one. We actually might see the Vegas, uh, Vegas and Tampa Bay matchup well what either what case did, uh, three time it doesn't change what three-time cup champ on the show ken danico what did he say earlier way back in february you gotta like a team like the golden knights that get as many shots on goal as they do he said it three months ago here we are i mean the guy knows a thing or two about the sport when you have three cups uh to your name so gotta give mr danico that on his prediction yeah, he, he came on. Folks, we had him on, and he was given his uh, prediction. Matter of fact, do we have that clip? Let, let's For those who missed it, hold on. Let's see. I want to see if we have that clip somewhere here. If we do, Dano just nailing it. Three-time Stanley, like, like JT said, three-time Stanley Cup champion. He might know a thing or two about what he was saying. We do. What is it? His Stanley, Dano Stanley Cup picks? Hold on. Folks, here you go. Here's a little clip for it for you from three-time Stanley Cup champion Ken Danico when he was on the show. Who's your favorite here at the halfway point that you feel really has the core and the uh, consistency to go ahead and uh, pull this off this year? Well, heck, I'm an underdog, so why not the shock of the hockey world right now, the Vegas Knights? <laughs> they don't seem to lose. <laughs> they outshoot their opponents and they're <laughs> – they're relentless, so who knows? Uh, but all kidding aside, I know it's going to be difficult, but I, boy, have they been uh, fun to watch and been a team that it's remarkable what they've been able to do in their first year. And a lot of guys 
playing with a chip on their shoulder. They're well-balanced. They're good in goal. They're, they've been so much fun. Playoffs is a different animal. We will see, but I certainly don't think any team's going to enjoy, and they're definitely going to make the playoffs. I don't think there's going to be many teams that want to play Vegas in the first round because in a seven-game series, just the style they play and the attacking style and in your face 24-7 uh, every game, it seems they could be a difficult team. But if you're, if you're looking at a team that's, you know, well-balanced and if they stay healthy, they're missing Hedman right now. It's Tampa Bay Light. They look like a team that's going to be real tough to beat. But that's what's so great about our game is in the National Hockey League. It's so competitively balanced. Come playoff time, there's upsets, there's different teams. That's what gives fans of who, no matter what team you root for, uh, hope that just get in the playoffs and anything can happen. And, and, uh, it certainly rings true in the National Hockey League. There's no question in my mind. Seven-game series is a different animal, and, and sometimes you get a team's number, even a team that's had a better regular season than you. So it should be a lot of fun with the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, from my standpoint. And like I said, Vegas Knights are a dark, dark horse, but why not continue this miracle run? Uh, but there's so many good teams. There's a handful you can look around the National Hockey League and and certainly believe that uh, they could have a chance. But one that stands out, obviously, for me right now is Tampa. Wow. Wow. Uh, you hear it right from the guy who knows what's going on, and he called it. This is JT. We had him on just before the Super Bowl. That was during yeah, like our 1st. Super Bowl prediction show. Yeah. That was during our Super Bowl prediction show. If you missed that, what a great show. Folks, go back and check the archive one on that. The guest list is ridiculous for that one. Have fun on that one. Um, but, yeah, the, the playoffs are, have been fantastic. I really, really, whether it's Vegas or Winnipeg, you could have you could have Vegas, you could have Winnipeg, you could have Winnipeg with Chris Jericho, and I'm still taking Tampa. <laughs> It doesn't. It doesn't right. matter, folks. Uh, I'm going to take Tampa, uh, no matter who comes out of the West. Now, at that point, uh-huh. there you go. Let's go ahead now. Let's talk some good stuff here. You know, I, I talk about Tampa, and I, now I gave you the professional opinion regarding Tampa. Now, my my personal opinion on Tampa is what a wonderful franchise they are. They consistently show the Tampa Central Florida community, that they care. They have stepped up once again for the community, for North Central Florida, make a wish. They have donated a signed jersey by 2012 first-round draft choice Slater Cuckoo. It is now going to be put up for auction by us. Now understand, 100% of these proceeds go to make a wish. We don't keep a penny. We're trying to help the kids. We're asking you to do the same. The Tampa Bay Lightning have provided a letter of authenticity, a certificate of authenticity for you. It is valued at $250. It is currently on eBay. The auction starts the 26th of May. It runs for one week. You have one week to bid on this jersey. It is on eBay under Fantasy 
Jester Sports. I just started it. It's the only item there. We're doing the auction a whole new way because once the jersey's done, we have another item up for auction. And we'll continue to do that to help make a wish. Now, I've mentioned that this jersey has been valued at $250. I have started the bidding out with my, it'll be my own personal bid at $100. And we'll build from there. Let's have fun. Somebody's going to get a great jersey for a great cause. Thank you. Thank you, all the fans in Jesterville. I know you people are great. You guys were fantastic in every step of the way when we asked you to help sign a petition to help Gary Ruat get his site back. For those of you who don't know who Gary Ruat is and the story of Gary Ruat, we've gone ahead, we put on a wrestling show, we helped get people together on change.org. There was a petition for a young man who is having trouble getting help for eyesight. He's losing his eyesight, a hereditary disease called Leber's disease. The FDA wouldn't let him go for the treatment because he was not 18. He was 16. And he had a year to get treatment. His parents were frantic. And you great people out there helped us gain awareness so that the FDA did change their mind. And Gary is in the program. And he is gaining sight back in one eye. So, you know, folks, it might be a sports podcast and you might be sports fans, but we can all still help the innocence of the world, the children out there today. I thank you in advance for all that we're going to do together to help make a wish and the children in the program. Thank you so much. Now, I got to go ahead and pay my own bills. Miami Sunglasses. Whether you are starting a small business, hosting a fundraiser, or have had a store for years, Miami Sunglasses is your direct source for quality wholesale sunglasses at the best prices. With over 800 styles to choose from, there is something for everyone. Check out their low prices today. That's Miami Sunglasses. I'm Arturo Freeman, former NFL player, defensive back, and I listen to the Fantasy Gesture. Woo-wee! Billy Bob Jester here, folks, and boy, let me tell you something. It's time for that there crop report, and I'm happier than a pig on the farm to bring them there, fellas, JT and Tate. Well, I was Billy Bob Jester, folks, and I'll tell you, you know, some people are trying to say he's my cousin and all that. No, but we are trying to find him a sponsor for his tooth. Anyway, let's get these guys in here. We've got JT. We've got Tate on the line. Been waiting to get this crop report going. And uh, guys, go ahead. What do you have for us this week? Been waiting on this. Thanks. Hey, I'm going to start off this week. Uh, last week, we went with two two players each. I'm going to start with a pitcher this week. I started with a batter last week. We'll go Dylan Cease right off the bat. Uh, Right-handed pitcher. He's in the White Sox organization, 22 years old. He's currently advanced A. 
in Winston-Salem with the dash there. Uh, Dylan Cease has gone seven starts this season. He's 4-2 and two with a 3.67 ERA, 34.1 innings, and given up 32 hits, 22 runs, one homer, 16 walks, and 42 Ks with a 1.40 whip. Uh, his career in the minors so far, 52 games. He started 49, gone 8-14. and 14. The thing I like about him, 259 Ks in that 196.1 innings and a 1.25 whip. So he's really a big strikeout pitcher, guy to keep an eye on down the road. Uh, last couple of weeks, he's had he's been really really doing well. Been on my radar quite a bit. May first, he had an outing. He went uh, 74 out of 101 pitches for strikes in his outing in seven innings, two hits, no walks, and 12 Ks. And he hit 90 mid 90s as fastball on the gun for most of the game. He did hit 100 three times. So he's got an upper to mid 90s fastball, mixes in the changeup. And on May 6th, his following outing had another great one. Went six innings, two runs, one earned, six strikeouts. So in two starts that last week, he uh, had 2 and 0 with a .69 ERA and 18 Ks in 13 innings. So somebody to definitely keep an, keep an eye on. He was named for those two starts the Carolina League Pitcher of the Week. So definitely keep an eye on Dylan Cease. Not a guy you'll definitely see this year. He's one of these guys for your Dynasty League players to keep an eye on for a year, year and a half down the road. Probably not a call up this year. More likely late next season, possibly when service time is up, but uh, most likely somebody you'll see late, late next year. So over to you, JT. You know, you talk about Dylan Cease. I look at that 12.2 Ks per nine inning. I'm sorry, for you fantasy players out there, that's my catalyst category that I look at is that Ks per nine. If you're missing bats, at least zero opportunity for that batter to hurt you in any way, shape, or form. 12.2 Ks per nine. Now, Dylan Cease, that name should be familiar as we talked about the guy or one of the guys that he was traded with last year to the White Sox. And, Tate, you brought him up last week, Eloy Jimenez. What can you tell me about that trade? He's definitely part of that trade. I appreciate you bringing that up, JT. Uh, Eloy Jimenez, who we talked about last week, Dylan Cease is part two of that trade. Jose Cantana over to the Cubs. And the White Sox got Dylan Cease and Eloy Jimenez, as well as second baseman Brian Fleet and first baseman Matt Rose. So, so far on that deal, it's looking like the White Sox got the much better end of that deal, getting two guys that we've already talked about, as well as two other guys that we haven't really yet. But uh, definitely these two guys are definitely on their way up. If it keeps going the way that it's looking that they will, definitely better end of the deal on that deal for the White Sox than the Cubs for right. Jose Cantana. You know, Theo Epstein is one of the better general managers out there. i got to give him credit. He built that Cubs organization quickly and very well. Uh, great trades like Jeff Samarja to Oakland for Addison Russell, Brian McKinney, trades like that. Well, looks like this one turned around and may have bit Theo on the backside because if you look at that outfield, uh, Moore is a nice player. Jason Hayward's a defensive player but an offensive liability. I think a guy like Eloy would fit in awful well in that outfield. Speaking of outfield, I want to talk about my first player, Tampa Bay Rays prospect, Charlotte Stonecrabs advanced A outfielder, Jesus Sanchez. Uh, if you look at the scouting grades on him, it's 55 across the board. So 
you know, pretty even keel, a guy that seems to be able to do everything, maybe a jack-of-all-trades, master of none, until you look a little closer into his numbers. A guy that Tampa Bay signed out of the Dominican Republic for $400,000 in 2015, the jewel of that international class. There were some good players in that. But you look at this guy, he's excelled across two rookie levels. Uh, The Appalachian League, a 14-game showing where he absolutely destroyed the pitching last year. You look at him this year, you're talking about a guy that's played in 34 games, he's had 141 at-bats, 51 of those for hits, five home runs, 27 RBIs, a couple stolen bags to boot, a 362 batting average, a 553 slugging percentage, and 926 OPS. These are just disgusting numbers. I look at this kid and I think, wow, a guy like that, could really have, I mean, I look at kind of like Ronald Acuna Jr. It's what I see with this kid. He's kind of following the same path, and if he keeps hitting at this rate, I don't see how the Rays don't have this kid up by spring next year. Maybe he doesn't break camp with the team. Maybe he's a guy that comes up in June. Uh, you know, he's a young kid. But you look at some of the players, like I mentioned, Ronald Acuna, some of these younger players are coming up. They're helping their teams. I don't really don't think an age is a problem. And if you do, take a look at 19-year-old Vladimir Guerrero, who we've talked about several times on this show. Jesus Sanchez is a guy that I do think you dynasty league players, you sit this, you get this guy, stash him on your bench. Some people may think he's a little farther off than I do. Personally, this is the guy I'm going to go get, I'm going to look at next year. Watch this kid. Tate, what do you got for me? Well, I really like uh, Jesus Sanchez, too. I do think he's a little farther away probably than what you're saying. I'm I'm thinking year and a half, two years. Uh, mm-hmm. Like you said, maybe June of next year. But uh, I'm thinking more September call-ups next year just because of the uh, the age and the service time issues. But anyways, guy you mentioned, Ronald Cunha, the next guy I'm going to talk about is Austin Riley. He's also a 21-year-old third baseman in the Braves organization. He's been a teammate with Ronald Acuna and Mike Soroka, who are already up with the Braves, both at age 20. Austin Riley's 21-year-old. He's still down at AAA right now. Uh, he started at AA Mississippi Braves this year, and on May 7th, they moved him up to AAA Gwinnett with uh, bringing him up there. I really like this kid. Um, for those of you that haven't heard much about him, he did play in the Arizona Fall League this year which is where a lot of the top prospects play just before they get called up. And in the Arizona Fall League, he was one of the players that was uh, voted on by the Fall League managers and coaches for the top prospects team at uh, Arizona in the fall. Um, Top third baseman in the league. He hit six home runs, which was second most in the league behind a guy that we've mentioned already, Ronald Acuna, who hit seven. And he had 12 extra base hits which was tied for the most extra base hits in the fall league. Uh, this year with Mississippi so far in, in double A, he played 27 games. He hit 333 slash 394 and slash 677 with six home runs, three triples and t- 10 doubles. And at the point when he got called up triple A, he led the league in, in slugging and total bases and extra base hits. And in his 1.071 OPS was ranked third in the league in double uh, a before he got called up 75 career games at double a between last year and this year, he batted 321 slash 391 slash 570 with 14 home runs. 
and he has had three years in a row in 2016 and 20, I'm sorry, two years in a row, 2016 and 2017, where he had 20 homers at least in both of those seasons. His big concern is that he had a 20, he has a 25.7% strikeout rate so far this year. So he's kind of, kind of high on the strikeouts, but at the same time in his eight games at AAA this year, he's six runs, 12 hits, one double, three homers, 10 RBIs, four walks and eight Ks. Uh, He's slashing 375 batting average, 444 slugging, and a 688 on. I'm sorry, 688 at the slugging percentage with a 444 OBP, so uh, 1.132 OPS. But uh, this guy is somebody definitely to look at him in the nearer term. The only reason, in my opinion, why he is not already on the Braves and up there playing again with his teammates, Acuna and Soroka, is because the Braves added a guy by the name of Jose Batista late in the spring, late, late, late in the uh, free agent process. And with Batista there playing third base, the same position as Riley, uh, Batista is kind of blocking him for now. But uh, JT, I think you said something to me earlier about that, if you want to cover that. The, the plan, yeah, oh, no, no, I'm here. I'm just okay. trying to digest all that information. That's a, that kid's got some accolades. Uh, if you listen to the Braves management and you listen to what's going on in that organization, there's a lot mm-hmm. of talk of bringing this kid up now, basically have him settle in at third base against right-handed pitching and let Joey Bats handle the left-handed pitchers and then give guys off an occasional day out in right and left field. So, you know, you look at what the Braves are doing, that young roster that – basically has been rebuilt on the fly is really, really starting to shape up. And you could see sort of kind of your mid-90s Braves uh, type of run coming because that's what it looks reminiscent of to me. So now I want to talk about another guy that when I say this name, you're going to say, wait a minute, why is this guy on the crop report? Well, technically this particular guy is still considered a prospect. I want to talk about St. Louis Cardinals pitcher Alex Reyes, 23 years old, 75-rated fastball, and it is devastating. Easy triple digits for this guy. Uh, if you watch him pitch, it's just so fluid. I love watching this guy go. I'm going to talk about a guy that's had a little bit of a roller coaster of a career so far, though. He's a native of Elizabeth, New Jersey. He moved to the Dominican Republic so he can sign as an international free agent in 2012. Had some stumbling blocks, a shoulder issue in 2015, a drug suspension in 2016, He did rebound to make his big league debut in 2016. We're looking at a guy that pitched 46 innings for the Cardinals, 4-1 with a 1.57 ERA in 12 games, punched out 52 batters, did walk 23. Uh, One of the bugaboos for him has been control, though I do think as he's getting a little bit older and a little more mature, he seems to be getting that under control. 1.21 whip in his first bout in the majors. We're talking about a guy that had Tommy John surgery in February of 2017, started the season this year on the disabled list, and everything I'm hearing is May May 28th against the Brewers. It looks like that could be his first start. You know, if people aren't paying attention to this guy and judge it by ownership, they're not 24% owned in ESPN leagues. This is a guy you go get now, you stick him on your DL, and then you reap the benefits when he comes off, because he helps you in every single category. I'm a big fan of this kid. The curveball, 
if you've watched this guy's curveball, I'm going to throw a name out here that, well, Tate, I know you'll know, has that kind of that hook like Doc Gooden did. If you remember, Doc Gooden had that hook that just bit hard. Watch this kid's curveball because it's very reminiscent of that. I'm really excited to see him come up. Now let's talk about what he's done so far in two games so far in rehab. 8.1 innings pitched, 18 punch-outs to only three walks. Let me say that again. 8.1 innings pitched, 18 punch-outs, five hits, no earned runs. It looks like this kid's primed and ready to go. Go get him now because he's going to be up very, very soon. Nice, yeah. He's not available in any leagues that you or I or Tater are in, I'm sure no. of that. That is one thing for sure. He is the ultimate boomer bust in my eyes. He's uh, he's a guy with supreme talent, but uh, you mentioned uh, the attitude, the injuries. I'm more concerned about the injury uh, than the attitude. A lot of times that goes away with age. And you know what? Sometimes – yeah, I don't mind the attitude as long as the production is there uh, with it. So more than anything, I'm I'm looking at the injuries as my concern uh, with him. Some of the people that you, you mentioned, and we're going through some of the names uh, that you threw out there. And just real quick, you know, people keep hearing Vlad Jr., Vlad Jr., Vlad Jr. Folks, just get an idea. Vlad Sr. is in the Hall of Fame for a reason. And as far as hitting, I mean, this is a guy, you're talking about a guy who once upon a time, the pitch was bounced to him. It didn't make it to the plate, and he still <laughs> hit it for a double. So I that would give you the idea of what's in this kid's genes. Now, taking a look at some of what you guys were talking about, I, I agree with uh, – I'd say I like three of the four, to be honest with you. I definitely like Reyes, my, my uh, Alex Reyes, because, like I said, to me, he's that ultimate boomer bust – He's going to be lightning as long as, as he stays healthy. Uh, you mentioned Jesus Sanchez. I'm saying you guys might be calling it a little early. I don't see him up until September of next year. They'll go ahead and give everybody a taste just before they're getting ready to open up that park down in uh, Ybor City. Then I take a look at Austin Riley. They're doing it good with him. He is an incredible, incredible bat. Um, and, and when you look at Austin Riley, it's somebody that, yeah, he's behind. Now he ha- is able to ease his way in, platoon behind, a, a veteran, and hopefully Joey will be uh, a little bit more of a veteran leader than somebody worried about the showboat and the bat flips and all that kinds of crap. Right. I, again, it's it's somebody that really is a stopgap for Austin Riley. As you keep looking across this Atlanta Braves team, just incredible young talent. And this is another one for years to come. This kid will be working the hot corner with a hot bat in Atlanta for a long time. And same like Jesus. Jesus Sanchez is a phenomenal bat, folks. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. I mean – he is a guy that is going to be one of the big stars in the league. Now, whether or not Tampa keeps him down the road and all that stuff, we know how Tampa right. does it. But I'm going to tell you right now, you know, you all heard me last week mention with Candelario that as I watched him progress through the minor leagues and watched what he did with batting average and all that, that I averaged it out to a 295 hitter. And at the time he was batting 287 and all that. Now 
having thumb problems or wrist problems. That's what it is. And, uh, but with Jesus, this is a guy I'm profiling like a 330 hitter. This is, this kid's got a bat now. JT nailed that one and Tate nailed it with Austin. But again, their pitchers to me are something that Alex Reyes is a boomer, a bust guy. And Dylan Cease, I'm not really, I'm holding expectations. I want to see, I don't, I don't see him up this year. There's really no No. reason to for, for a couple of reasons. One, simply just because of how the, uh, the main club is doing. But the biggest problem that I have with him, and he's going to have to work out, is currently right now he's holding at 8.4 hits per nine and a 4.2 walks per nine. And it's the walks per nine. Yeah, his K per nine is nice, and it keeps his whip decent. You would think a guy with 11.9 or 12.2 or whatever number you go with in that area would have a much better whip than a, a 1.253. And the problem is, is that over his minor league career, it's his uh, balls, uh, his balls per nine, his walks per nine. He averages between 3.9 and 6.0 per nine over his minor league. So that's his bugaboo. I mean, he's got all this talent. He's got an electric arm. He's got some great late movement. Okay. Something that I personally am. I'm a big late movement guy. Show me something that breaks uh, just before that plate, and I'll show you a guy that's going to have success because he's just going to consistently miss bats. And he does. He's got to learn to control that now. Once he does, so he's a supreme pitcher. So, Jester, let me throw two questions out. First, let's go to Austin Riley. The way that team is set up now, the pieces that they have in the show at this point, when I and I'm not comparing Austin Riley to this player, but I think he's going to have the same effect. It's almost the same effect that I saw when they finally brought Chipper Jones up to the show to man that third base spot, uh, and what it did to solidify that Braves team. Uh, they already had the you know the pitching staff with Avery, Glavin, Maddox, and so on. Smoltz, um, you know, and this pitching staff is young. You know, Gohara and, and others that they have. Um, do you think? Do you see that same type of effect that Riley could have on that team? Yeah, I, I'll tell you what he also does. Uh, he, he goes ahead. He, this is the type of kid that's going to be, you know, you know, it's his stature too. It's how he carries himself. He's a big guy, like Freeman on the other side. You think it? You take a look at that diamond now, and all of a sudden, what they're bringing—they got the two smaller guys on the in, middle infield. They got these two big behemoths on the two corners when this kid's in. And, and again, it's going to be somebody that's just another solid bat. You know, you're talking about a guy with an OPS that's consistently in, in the ones. Oh. Right. I mean, you put I'm, I'm that a big kind fan of, of production. Game. Pardon me? Right. I mean, you absolutely. There's nothing there. Yeah. And he, he plays a nice third base as, as well. If you look at his defensive game, he plays a nice third base. Now, real quick on Dylan Cease. You know, you look at guys like Michael Kopik, Dylan Cease, um, to name a few. Guys that are mm-hmm. working on secondary third and fourth pitches. I still wonder if, how much is that attest to the high uh, walks per nine inning 
when you look at him in the minor leagues. You look at guys that are down there, almost like when you look at spring training and you see something like, you know, a Clayton Kershaw with a five ERA in the spring, and you think, oh, God, what's going on with Clayton Kershaw? He's working on something. You know, working I wonder on. how much of that is what is they what do these pitching coaches have them working on down in the minors to get them ready? Because I'll tell you now, you look at Kopich's last few starts, coincidentally, the last few starts they've been having him throw a lot more change-ups. They wanted to get his change-up ready. And he's been mm-hmm. getting tagged a little bit. He's been walking some people. So I wonder if Dylan Cease – it's kind of having the same thing. I know they've got him working a little bit more on his curve. They've got him working a little bit more on a change-up. So I just wonder how much of that do you test to the high walks per nine compared to, let's just say, commandability, period. I can actually hey. jump in here and answer that partially, uh, JT, sure. with uh, Dylan Cease. I can tell you I was reading something earlier. I mentioned the two back-to-back games that he had in the last couple, last week where he got named pitcher of the week, and in those two games – he only gave up zero walks, but yet he had 18 Ks and no walks in 13 innings. I can tell you that in an interview that someone did with him, they he actually mentioned that he'd been working with their pitching coach, and this is part of why he's in high A as opposed to double A or triple A at this point. He's still working on his stuff. They, he mentioned that he was working with his pitching coach on when to throw the secondary pitches and how to mix those in better and he specifically mentioned his changeup that he's been working on that and when to throw that and when not to throw that and how to mix that in better with his fastball and not rely so much on that mid-90s, possibly 100 every once in a while fastball and mix in the changeup and those other secondary pitches. So definitely he's something that he's working on, and I would agree with you guys 100% in that, yeah, the the, the walks are high, like I mentioned in the uh, – 196.1 innings so far of pitching in the minor leagues, 101 walks, 259 Ks. So, yeah, he's got high walks, but why still in high A and not moved up yet anywhere to double A or triple A? And that's what he's doing is down there in high A, still working on his pitches and when, nice. when to mix those pitches in and when to use them and when to not. Right. Well, that's the thing. I mean, we're talking about a kid, and we're really, folks, you got to understand, we're nitpicking when we're trying to find why uh, he's where he is and why we're looking at it. When we tell you, you know, whether it's Tate or JT or myself, I sit here and I tell you I don't see this kid progressing until, you know, late in the season next year is for that reason. They're going to work on stuff with him. He has an electric arm. Every there isn't anybody that comes up that doesn't have something to work on. He has to work on his walks. He has to work on his control. You're talking about a kid with literally three years of experience. Uh, he's tw- just turned 22, folks. So uh, it's somebody that you're not going to see yet. But like this, all is about the crop report. It's letting you know whether we see it for this year. It could be September call-up. It could be in a couple of weeks. We give people in this crop report anywhere from during this year through the years that are coming because each and every one of you are a different type of fantasy player, and that is why little by little 
this continues. This segment continues to be so popular. Guys, absolutely, once again, if you don't mind the pun, you knocked it out of the damn park again. Great job. Tate, thanks so much for joining us, man, as always. Thanks for having me, as usual. And I really, really appreciate it. Thanks to all you listeners for giving us a listen. And uh, tune in next time. Yeah, you know, <clears throat> excuse me. I took a sip. It wasn't finished. Um, it's true. It really is. That segment is growing more and more for those fantasy players out there who really you want to know as much as you possibly can about people. And we go ahead. We'll do all the research for you and let you know who to pay attention to. You know, we also do a segment for football time and, and it's coming soon. We used to do a whole show and we're going to just have it on Saturday nights now as part of the fantasy Jester show. Uh, it was called the gridiron guys. And well, the gridiron guys are coming back, like I said, as a segment, but it was there long before any fantasy analysts were telling you about Saquon Barkley, Darius Geis, Nick Chubb. You know, this is where you want to be. We're the guys that are going to go ahead and get you prepped and ready. So many of you, I'm finding out, and I didn't realize, I got to be honest with you, this is something that I've learned myself over the last two years, is that a lot of you play those dynasty leagues. You want to know what's going on way in advance. And that's what we're doing. You know, we're bringing you the guys week after week, JT and Tate. And yeah, pardon the pun, knocking it out of the park, Jason. Great job, man. Yeah, you know, the, the crop report is near and dear to my heart. I enjoy the minor league system. I enjoy watching these kids come up and separate themselves, you know, all the way from high school ball. Some go to college, some go straight into the pros. Really enjoy the crop report. Um, I play in mainly dynasty leagues. That's my uh, poison, if you will. I look at these guys ahead of time because if you start looking at them, oh, for example, I use a league that the Jester and I both play in. Now, about two weeks ago, you've got guys that actually have the nerve to be surprised that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is not available in the free agent pool. Now, you missed the boat, pal. You should have known that last year. You know, So listen to the crop report. Listen to what we're telling you. Make your own decision. You have your own things that you do. You have your own things that you look at. Take what we say and apply it to that. So love the crop report gesture. One of my favorite things we do. Yeah, it is. It's really good stuff. And, and I'm going to get to Vlad in a minute, okay? Uh, because I, I was out there causing problems before. I want to go ahead, talk about a couple of the people that we've already had on the crop report. Mm-hmm. Before I do, let's get everybody ready. If you want to talk baseball, this is the first time we're doing this, folks. If you want to talk baseball, six, five, seven. I'm smiling as I say this because you never know what we're going to get. So this is going to be interesting. Six, five, seven, three, eight, three, zero, three, seven, one. You want to talk fantasy baseball, baseball in general, or really pretty much any sport. Tell me the beard is looks great. Tell me it sucks. Tell me you're out there and love me. Whatever you want to do, six five seven three eight three zero three seven one. Go ahead, call in. We'll go ahead, 
see who's on there in a minute. You know, on the crop report, we've talked about a couple of guys. The first guy I want to talk about is somebody that I'm sorry, folks. Uh, I mentioned to it uh, last week, and I'm going to say it again. I am getting ridiculous value back in redraft leagues now. This is only for you redraft league guys. I'm getting ridiculous value back for Bueller right now. And the guy has never pitched over 100 innings ever anyway. He's coming off of Tommy John. You got to figure he's capped at about 125. And he's at, four, I believe, 41 right now. Okay. Folks, yeah, so he's, he's sell him. There. Yeah, redraft leagues, sell him. I, I just got uh, Glaber Torres, who <laughs> just hit his fourth home run in 11 games tonight. Mm-hmm. And, and I've gotten Miggy. Uh, for him in a redraft league, he'll be back. Solid bat for my uh, for my utility spot. No, uh, listen, guys, I'm telling you, you go ahead. Then let me ask you something, JT, because we've had a couple of people I know uh, asking about Kopish and about Eloy Jimenez. What's the latest? Because I I know uh, we have some more information lately on him. His most recent. Uh, appearance as well. Well, if you look at Kopich, I mean, you got a guy that had a hiccup, as we talked a little bit on the crop report, guy that was working on the changeup, working on a few other pitches that the Sox want him to get down before they bring him up. And then you look at him go out there uh, last night, fire seven innings, nine Ks, no runs, two walks. You know, you look at a guy, 102 pitches, which is his high. You're looking at a guy that just threw 102 pitches. You don't see that very often in double-A baseball. Um, In everything I read, the Sox aren't happy with the rotation. It's in shambles, and it's about time to start getting some of these kids that they see as their future core players, and they do view this guy as a core player. They traded the Red Sox, Chris Sale, to get this kid. So, yeah, he better be a core player. Uh, I see this happening quick. I see this happening soon. If, he, if he's available, it's time to go get him. 102 pitches. They're stretching him out and getting him ready to go. Yeah, yeah. I uh, there's There's been a couple of things that I've been telling people to keep an eye out for. That's part of it. Been getting into a huge debate. Okay, great. We're getting close. Folks, again, we're getting close. 657-383-0371. Talk with myself, with JT. Maybe you got a question for JT. Give us a call. Now, uh, no, one of the things that I'm getting a a beating on, folks, and you got to understand, I've gone ahead and made predictions before where I've gotten my ass kicked in social media. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm going to interrupt you, Jester. I'm going to interrupt you on this. Hold on. Before you – I know where you're going, okay? A little little, – what was it? A little bit around this time last year, maybe about a month later – we were talking football, and you were out there on record. Didn't matter that the Bears signed Mike Glennon. He said Trubisky will start. He'll be the quarterback. Mike Glennon won't even factor. Well, what was what were all the memes we saw? Like what? Meet your new driver at Pizza Hut, Mike Glennon. You were right. The guy started the whole season. I actually challenged you on that. I have to say, much as I hate saying this, though, always feels like it's going to put me straight over the falls. You were right. I'll give you that one. Mm-mm. Completely. Now, Oh, no. I'm going to give you that one. No, what happened was he started week six. 
I called it before right, the season. I gave the starting, yeah, I gave the starting date, and everybody beat me up for it. That's a, JT's correct, and I'll go ahead and give everybody because it's become a big deal in social media right now with a, a bunch of people calling me out because saying I'm crazy. And you know what? It, it just likens to the idea that yeah, once upon a time I gave a wild ass uh, prediction regarding Mitch Trubisky and the exact day he would start and it came true. And, and exactly. for some, for some, you know, it, it was a good source of, Oh wow. You know, this guy really must know his stuff. And you know, for others, they'll just never be satisfied and go, Oh, you're lucky and all that stuff, whatever. I, I really don't care. I seem to be lucky very often, I guess. Um, and what happens is this, I go ahead and I talk about, the crop report, and I've had a couple of people mention Vlad in the group. And originally uh, on the show a couple of weeks ago, if everybody remembers, I said that he was going to be a September call up. I'm kind of mm. changing that. Okay. Here's the thing you know, I take a look at this situation, folks. And we'll get to the callers in a minute. We've got a couple of callers on the line. I take a look at this, and you've got a guy that you can't contain. See, I heard it back when he was hitting 370. He'll never keep this up. And I said, well, no, of course, he's not going to keep up 370. But, you know, and he hasn't. He's only gone up 44 more points, and he's up to 414. (laughs) And you see, there's a point where your talent dictates what the team has to do. This happens in every sport in America, where the talent just dictates what you have to do. So, you know, the original plan was hoping to get as much out of it as they can, wait till September. Now I'm not so sure. Now we're going to go look at Super 2 dates. Now, for those of you who don't know, Super 2, again, pertains to all the service time and how much time they have control and the contracts and all that bullshit. It's all about a couple of dollars here and there, folks. Nothing that the Toronto Blue Jays will ever care about because of this kid's talent and the marketing that's going to come from being Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Son of the Hall of Famer to begin with. Then the kid's going to set. Yeah. Then the kid's going to set the town on fire because yes, his bat is ridiculously good. Ridiculously good. Love's not too bad these days either, Jester. Getting better. Getting better. That's for sure. And now here's the thing, folks. So you take a look at it and you go, okay, how does Super 2 work? Super 2 work goes by the schedules of the, uh, off of last year, this year, and combined. Okay, and then it comes off approximately, by the time you're done, within a couple of days of each other, 65 days from the start of the baseball season. You go ahead, you look at your calendar, now, if you're talking a couple of days either way, you're talking anywhere from June 1st to June 3rd. So now you take a look at their schedule. And sure enough, if he gets called up, let's say, June 3rd, conveniently, perfectly timed 
is a day off. An off day. Wouldn't it be great to be able to call up Vlad Jr. on an off day and then have him be able to go ahead, meet with the guys, feel comfortable, get him settled in for the day. Get the media and storm over with. Wouldn't it be, yeah, wouldn't it be even better if that following day happened to be a home game? June 5th is a home game. Wow, that'd be really good if it was a home game. Now, if they were bringing in a team that was a draw that day, that would be like the icing on the cake in this. If you're looking at it from this perspective that the kid is a talent that can't be held down any longer. Oh, wow. June 5th at home against the New York Yankees and their bombers. The what better day? Yeah. What better day to break out an offense that has the kid. Now, listen, here's the future for the Toronto Blue Jays. Now, they're going to find out whether or not Donaldson wants to stay playing first or not. But the kid's going to play third and be DH. Donaldson's going to be third, first, and DH. Smoke will be first and DH. Obviously, in this, Kendrys goes bye-bye, and that's fine. Okay, and then now you see they're going to be able to determine all of them. Donaldson and the Blue Jays will have time to see how they like that transition. If that's something that they want. Remember, Donaldson can still command nice money if he switches over to first base. It's it's not a loss of money between first and third. So it's not going to matter. The only thing it could do is help his stock go up, even if he doesn't stay with Toronto. So, again, um, I'm calling it. I caught a lot of crap for it. I could be wrong. I could yeah. be dead wrong. It wouldn't be the first time, folks. So you can call me out all day. Whoa. I'll give you seven others after you get done calling me out that I was wrong on. But after that, I'll give you the 70 others that I was right on. So let's have some fun with this. I'm saying June 5th. Let's get some callers uh-huh. in here, JT, for the first time, man. Let's get yeah, somebody let's in this. here. Let's do this. Yeah, this is great. Uh Hello, uh, welcome to, uh, you are the first ever guest in the two years of doing this on the Fantasy Justice Show. How you doing? Who's this? This is John G. from West Palm, Florida, Mr. Jester. How are you tonight? <laughs> good, man, good. That's good. I got a local, I got a local on the line. Well, sort of local, uh, four hours away. Yeah, that's not local. Yes, sir. I'm up, I'm up in Central Florida, so... Uh, you're down there in West Palm. Nice, nice, nice area. Uh, what's up? What Great can we area. do for you? Well, I got a quick question. I'm talking six outfielders. Uh, I got a five outfielder league, and Michael Brantley is my uh, fifth outfielder. And I like to have an insurance outfielder just in case with Brantley's injury history, of course. Now, this league is head-to-head 12-team uh, categories. With added uh, six categories, the only one besides standard is on base. So it's standard categories with added on base percentage. For mm-hmm. uh, for my last outfielder for my bench, do you like Mark Trumbo or Shin Su Chu? Uh, I'd probably go Shu, but in, the, in that case, I, I'd probably wait for one of the guys we just talked about, honestly, in Eloy Jimenez. But um, between those two, I'd probably go ahead and go Shu. How about you, JT? What are you giving him? 
Oh, see, when I look at that, I think of, you know, two misses games. Uh, you know, let's look at Texas. They're at the part now where they're going to start selling these veterans off. I wonder if he doesn't get traded soon anyway. I know Beltray is being talked about here in Dallas is getting traded, so it wouldn't surprise me if Chu goes. I think Trumbo's the guy that, yeah, he's going to strike out a lot, but he's still going to provide a lot of power, uh, some extra base hits and quite a few RBIs. So if it were me, I like Baltimore's offense a little bit better. I'm going to ride with Trumbo myself. Okay. Well, thank you so much for the advice. Let me ask you something, JT. Between Trumbo Mm -hmm. and Jimenez, who are you taking? Uh, you, you look at a menace, you look at a guy that's just 6'4", 205 pounds, who's just built to drive the ball out of that ballpark. Uh, word is, Abisail Garcia, a guy that's on the DL, batting 233, 17Ks, has yet to walk this season, has fallen out of favor with management, and that Jimenez could be a lot closer to being coming up and replacing him permanently than people believe. So I love Eloy Jimenez. That's a, that's a future corner outfielder right there and a fantasy gem. Uh, that's what I'm saying. I, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, the idea for me, I, I wouldn't really put a lot of faith in either one of them and really would look towards a prospect, one of the hot prospects coming up. Keep listening in on the show. We'll let you know when Eloy's coming up, or go ahead and follow me over in on the Fantasy Jester page on Facebook or in the Fantasy uh, Group uh, Fantasy Baseball Universe on Facebook as well, uh, John. So oh, I'll be yeah. able to go I ahead. Also, I, was gonna, I forgot to tell you about that. I was uh, I'm calling representing the Fantasy Baseball Universe, Facebook Fantasy uh, Baseball Universe group, and uh, I forgot oh, to mention it in my case to ask nice. the question. Absolutely. Oh, cool. All right. Well, then even better, you already know where to go ahead, and uh, I'll, I'll let you know. I'll let you know. Like I said, as far as between the two, it really is a toss-up. All right. Uh, I don't personally like either one. I really do like uh, Jimenez a lot more than either one. And uh, keep an eye on that one. Thank you so much. And uh, before I let you go. Go ahead. I was going to say, before I let you guys go, can I ask you one quick thing? I want to talk Philadelphia Phillies closer situation. I have a deep closer league. Uh, Britton is on my disabled list, so he'll come back soon. Do I go ahead and hold on to Hector Nerls from Philadelphia, or do I look towards uh, Ramos right now, the young guy right behind him in the pecking order? JT? Oof. Well, I've been I've gone on record. I'm not a big closer guy in my fantasy leagues, but looking at yeah. what Ramos just seems like a guy that misses so many bats, uh, and that's a young team. Uh, not that Neris is an older guy, but that's just a young team that seems to have a core group that's coming up. If it were me, the way things are going, I kind of like Ramos in that situation. Jester, what about you? Mm. I yeah, I guess. Looking at it long term, make sure. What, let me ask you something. Uh, what are your categories that you're winning? It, it is saves, or is there a K per nine in there, or anything like that? We have we have K's in there, strikeouts. We have uh, ERA, of course. We have WHIP. We have wins and quality starts. Oh, okay. All right. So it's a separate. Yeah, they don't have K per nine and stuff like. That. All right. Yeah, I, I go ahead. Ramos does have a, a a lightning 
lightning arm. Uh, I do like the action on uh, on the ball uh, from him. So, uh, yes, yeah, no, there you go. We, we both actually agree on that one, folks. Um, we're going to give you Ramos on that one. Thanks so much. Kind of hard, kind of hard not to like a hard. What? Kind of hard not to like a one point oh two ERA. I appreciate it. Yeah, Thank you so much. Oh, no worries. Take Anytime. Care. Have a great night. You. T- JT, should we try one more? Oh, yeah. We got them on the board, man. Sure. Let's do this. All Go right. for it. <laughs> Folks, uh, the second ever caller on the Fantasy Justice show I don't know. Is... I remember quite a few callers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, no. Okay. Second. Yeah. All right. I got you. Yeah. I remember ooh, Larry Zabisco. Folks, there's a show. Hey, Go yeah. check Larry Zabisco's show. Javon Kurz, Larry Zabisco, Chris Gortiani. Uh, okay, the list goes on. Who's next? There's a funny list in that, too, folks. Listen to those shows. Anyway, I have no idea. Uh, hello. Welcome. Fantasy Jester Show. This is the Jester. How can I help you? <laughs> I love this. Hello. You're live and on the air. Yes. Hello? Hi, how are you? Good. How Hello? can I help you? Yeah, sure. What's your fantasy question uh, or sports question? My team's a mess. I got what kind of value can I get out of uh Wade Bueller for a relief pitcher? Well, um Probably when you walk going ahead with Walker Bueller, I look at a guy. You can go ahead and get a Felipe Vasquez out of it. Somebody that is a high. I, I you're not going to go ahead. You're not going to get a Kimbrell for him. More than likely, you're not going to get a high end uh, saves guy. I just you might somebody. be able to. Yeah, you might be able to go ahead and squeeze out a Nebel because somebody might be nervous about him coming back and not taking over that closer role just yet. JT, what do you uh, – uh, am I in the right area uh, with that, with the kids you from know, Pittsburgh? I would, I would think so. Nebel? I mean, I would think so, Jester, but I also look at it this way. He's talking about a relief pitcher. doesn't necessarily be a save guy. It doesn't sound like a lot of people don't value guys. No, like it's got to be a hater. save guy. So you're looking for a save guy. So then, you know, yeah, Vasquez, like I'm sorry, mentioned, it's a five by five league, uh, redraft, okay. ten, twelve man. I'm sorry. And I mean, Bueller's hot. I mean, his name's hot. A lot of people are liking the new young prospect, so to speak. And I agree, you're probably not going to get a Kimbrell or a Chapman or somebody like that. But you know, at this point, I think you could go out and get a Vasquez for him, somebody who's going to get you uh, the numbers you're looking for. And I don't think Bueller's got more than fifty or sixty innings left in this season to go. So. I wouldn't hesitate to do that. Yeah, now Maybe let me even ask look you at something somebody caller. like him. I got I gotta ask the caller something. Uh is, is this a Yahoo? You know who this caller is. Yahoo. Oh Yahoo. It's Doug Headley that I finally got tuned in. Oh my god, no. Doug's played yeah. in leagues with us, JT. Oh yeah? Doug's played in leagues with us years ago uh, on Yahoo. And I'm guessing you're right. under Yahoo format, right, Doug? Yeah. Yeah, go well, ahead. Are you talking yeah, to the right guy for sure. Yahoo? Thank you. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, as far as that goes, yeah, I'm pretty sure. You know, Doug, I'll get with you after the show on this one, too, as a matter of fact, because I don't have my Yahoo list in front of me as far as the playoff schedule, but I'm pretty sure during the Yahoo playoff weeks uh, – 
off the top of my head, uh, Pittsburgh plays 19 games. So that, that's a nice high number there as far as games played during it and somebody that you can expect to get back on that. So I'll definitely get back with you, though. Please remind me if I don't. Anything else, Tom? Uh, can we help you with Yeah, I got one more question. Uh, sure. I'm a, I'm hurt. Same league. I'm hurting on second base. All I got to Manconda from White Sox. I want. I, I would like to trade Paul Goldsmith if possible, if if it's the right thing to do. Currently, I have him as first baseman. I have Freddie Freeman, and I could throw in the first if I traded him, and I could pick up that Milwaukee first baseman just for depth. What what could I expect? What what kind of second baseman can I get for Goldsmith? Well, I can tell you who you should get, and you'll be able to get him without a problem, more than likely. If sit on Freeman, keep. No, keep Freeman and, and okay. go after uh, Whitfield. Go after Whitfield. He plays He plays 20 games during Yahoo's playoffs from Kansas City, and he's a great source for everything. He's a great source for runs. That offense is going to keep picking up as the season goes on. I mean, it's a, it's a team where he's at the top of the lineup. He's a solid bat. He's a good average. And as far as he across the board being able to get you – in those categories for Yahoo, yeah, he's going to be somebody that's going to be solid across the board and for sure shouldn't be too hard to go ahead and finagle a, uh, finagle a trade there for, uh, for Goldschmidt right now. Especially Ooh, that would be Freeman. bad because he's also labeled outfielder, and I could switch him there if need be too. I like that. Well, yeah. Yeah, he's got dual eligibility, okay? So, yeah, if you need him in the outfield, he'll help there. But what he also does is by losing your Goldschmidt, you're losing a couple of steals because Freeman's not going to get you as many steals, more than likely, as Goldschmidt does. Right. But that's where where Merrifield comes in. That's where Merrifield will come in. So, um, he'll help you in that steals category. So, again, there's a good one. And, again, throw – Throw Go something ahead. out there on that. Yahoo formats what five games played at the position to acquire eligibility, I believe. Yeah. yeah. So you're looking at a guy that started twice at first, twice in center, three times in right. So I mean, this is a guy that plays all over the diamond, still a 300 hitter, and will he stole 30 plus bags last year, is on pace to go over 40 this year. So I absolutely love that. That's a great, yeah, it's absolutely a great target for that. Great value for the for the trade. He's got Goldschmidt. Goldschmidt should still be able to get you a, a good amount of fantasy players. So you're going to have uh, and he had a homer choice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that's, that's exactly one you start looking on on a night where he had a homer. Okay, and it looks like uh-huh. he's coming out of a slump. Okay, and all this, right. and you go get yourself a Merrifield who's going to play you twenty games out of 21. That's, a, that's the only thing I can give you on that. If he don't get traded. Well, he won't get traded. He's not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. Well, okay, no, I, like, I, like the, I like that vote of confidence. <laughs> and I'm a Royals <laughs> fan, you know that. So, shit. Oops, oops. <laughs> yeah, he's not going anywhere. <laughs> All right, Doug. Hey, listen, thanks so much for calling in, man. Hey, I will anytime, talk to you. man. I will talk to you. You have a great night. Talk to you soon, brother. You do the same. All right. (laughs) That's crazy. 
Don Colvin. That's good. Folks, uh, yeah, we've played a long time ago, JT. We played in a Yahoo, uh, one of my Yahoo leagues. He's been on Yahoo. He's played in Yahoo Money Leagues for a long time. That dude is dangerous. <laughs> okay. He can play. Well, yeah. He can, he can play, and he plays all four sports, too, Doug. I, I nice. do know that guy. He's in a lot of chat rooms. He knows his crap. Well, all I can say is, Don, if you're still listening, if you're going to play against Jester in Yahoo Leagues, check his profile before you decide to join the league with him because <laughs> – in a lot of those, you're really looking at second place money at that point. So, well, it's it's no, it's true. It's the idea hey, that Yahoo. somewhere in there, in those, uh, uh, yeah, let's be honest, somewhere in the, uh, it, you got it, the I'll formula. be in the top three. You've got the formula. Yeah, there's a formula in Yahoo. You know, whether it's five by five, you name it, there's a formula in yep. there. And I'll, I'll say you've got that so far. Yeah, folks. So once upon a time, I was a sixty sixty eight percent in the money hitter. And all of a sudden, in baseball on Yahoo, I am over 90% hitting in the money. So there's a reason. There is a formula, folks. So those of you who play Yahoo, come join me in my playhouse. I have a great time. Mrs. Jester, we're back to that marital help things, folks. If your wife oh, doesn't God. let you play, okay, it's because you're not coming up with the fantasy numbers that I am in baseball. I'll go to the keys with Mrs. Jester because of baseball this year. Thank you. See, Let's get all one I more. want to say is we, if we you're taking time. marital advice from the jester, you're already way too good. Forget it. Just sign the papers. <laughs> Let's get one more. This is fun. This is fun. I'm enjoying this. One more, and then we'll go to football, folks, okay? Killing the Let's see what... hey, why not? This is fun, man. I like this. Hello? Caller, welcome to the Fantasy Jester Show. You have the Jester and JT. How can we help you tonight? Good evening. Oh, no. That sounds... <laughs> Wait a minute. How are you, Jester? JT? 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 Oh, I'm here. Why is he hiding? JT. Why are you hiding? Don't <laughs> leave me alone with them. Don't leave me alone. Hey, it's your oh, this is what happened. Uh, all right, I'll play silly. Uh, hi, caller. Who do we have tonight on the air? Hey, it's Sam, Jester. How are you? Oh, my goodness. It's Sam Clum, folks. Friend of the show. He's been <laughs> on a couple of times. Again, more, more towards the uh, beginning of all this. And, uh, wow. What's going on, man? How you been? Not good, good. Just uh just trying to keep up with baseball right now, try to keep that first place uh status going on and uh trying to do some uh, fantasy football trades, trying to balance them too. Uh, so, you know, obviously I need to well, call in and touch base do, with you because it's favor. hard to get a hold of you, sir. Well, well do me <laughs> a favor there, uh uh Mr. Sam. Uh ask Dave Joyce how that first place uh treats him each year as he tends to finish baseball in first place and then magically vanishes once the first round of the playoffs starts. So that first place is a kiss of death, my friend. Hold on, hold on. Ah, it's still good to be there. Fill people in. Hold on one second. All right, folks, here's how it works. See, this is what happens when you go ahead and open up the damn phone lines. Truly, anybody can call in. And this happens to be somebody (laughs) that is in a baseball league with JT and myself and several other leagues, actually, and uh, currently is in first place. And, yes, as JT has alluded to, 
unfortunately, at poor Dave Joyce's expense, uh, it really doesn't matter if you end up in first, buddy. But uh, it sometimes matters who's in second. And uh, <laughs> folks, your friend and oh, mine. Oh, I know who's there. Myself is <laughs> knocking at that door. And then, again, I would. Uh, I, I don't mind being in second. Listen, here's what matters. I'm trying to get to the dance. I don't care if it's first or fourth. I just want to make it to the dance. From there, it's a whole other story. Right. So enjoy first. Have it for all I care. Well, I'll well I'm sure Sam has anyway. a question for you, Jester. Why? I yes. did. Ha- I do have a fantasy football question. Oh, son Let's of a it. bitch! Look at this. What's up? What do you got? Well, since you like you said, we're we're kind of in a league together. So I was calling to see, uh, you know, obviously what the availability on Mr. Dalvin Cook is on your team this year, sir. <laughs> um, the same, uh, pretty close to not exactly the same, but my answer when you asked me if I would trade Severino this year. Do you remember that oh, answer? I do remember that answer. Yes. And could you tell the listeners, please, what that answer was, if you don't mind, if you do remember? Um, basically, nothing short of an act of God for you to sell that sell that player. <laughs> I, and pretty much, I feel damn close to Dalvin Cook that same way. Because remember one thing, folks: he was Alvin Kamara before Alvin Kamara last year, before the injury. So, uh, new. That would be a big no, sir. I'm very sorry. I hate to disappoint you on your call in tonight, but thank you so much for calling. No, no disappointment <laughs> at all. I just, I'm just happy just, just to get a response from you, Jester. That's, that's all I'm looking for. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's hard to get a hold of. I apologize, but good, good having you, Sam. Thanks for calling, man. Take care. All right, thanks, Jester. Nice talking to you, JT. See you. Yep, see you, Sam. All right, that's enough. When you start Your getting friends, to Sam, Sam. Clum. When you get when you start getting to Sam Clum, that's hey, when you gotta you gotta like Yeah, you gotta like it, man. I mean that's that's some grapefruits to call into the radio show just to get a freaking trade answer out of you. I mean, this is the length he goes to to get his team built. So there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> that man goes to folks, let me tell you something. That man should start a fantasy school for trading. He really should. I mean, that is how far he'll go to make a trade or call into the show. No, he really is. He is hounding me. He's insulted that I said no to a trade uh, for Hopkins See, and I'm not, with him. I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling you saying no on Dalvin Cook. I think you can get a lot more than what he's worth at this point. Uh, I can get a lot more than what he's worth, but if I am ever going to trade him, it's not while it's a sixth-round rookie keeper that I get back. Right. I'll wait till next year when I can get a second-round rookie keeper, and then I'll think about it. But I might hold on to Mr. To Cook for a while because I think Mr. Cook is going to be a stud for the next three to four years without a question. Hmm. I'd say short. Just because I have a feeling that that uh, that AstroTurf up there and playing uh, there and Detroit is going to beat this kid's legs up. I just yeah, have I think that the field turf helps him personally. I don't know. But anyway, uh, we're going to see. We're going to see. I, I just uh, I, I don't feel all that confident. So 
I do feel confident about this coming year, though. Not enough to sell to Sam, and uh, I will be keeping Mr. Well, you know, it's funny. Somebody else in our league, in one of our leagues, uh, asked me my opinion on Dalvin Cook today, and I said, basically, look at this. Jarek McKinnon is now the man in San Francisco. He's still got Latavius Murray behind him, but let's be honest. Latavius Murray is better suited as a number two running back at this point. But now you've got Kirk Cousins under center, and I think that's going to keep that defense quite a bit more honest than, let's say, Case Keenum, no knock on what Keenum did, uh, or Sam Badford, for that example, two years ago. So I think that this is uh, a chance for, you know, a guy that can catch the football. Cousins likes to throw the football to the back. So, you know, Kyle Rudolph, Dalvin Cook, guys like that stock up, uh, you know, going into uh, camp time, if you will. Folks, let me just explain something about the Minnesota offense this coming year. That was a potent offense with Case Keenum. The people are going to find out that it was the offense, not Case Keenum, that was good. They're also going to find out just how good their new QB is. He has incredible accuracy, folks. They are an extremely talented team. This is an offense that you're not going to want to mess with, and it has the defense attached to it. Minnesota's going to be a tough team. I'm sorry. They call you the harbinger. Wait a minute. They call you the harbinger of sorrow. Imagine what they're calling the Vikings this year. Oh, yeah, exactly. And I'll tell you what, when you look at that team, and I'm not, I'm taking the quarterbacks out of this, you seem to be on record as more of a Bortles fan than I am, but take the quarterbacks out of this, and I see the Jags and the Vikings as, as very similar teams. Um, you know, maybe the receivers are a touch better in Minnesota, particularly the offensive lines, the defensive lines, the secondary uh, linebacker core, you know, skill position players. Both of these two teams are eerily reminiscent of each other, and I would really enjoy seeing that Super Bowl this season. A Vikings-Jags Super Bowl would be a lot of fun. I would not be surprised if we do see those two teams. Wouldn't be surprised at all. With the defenses that the both teams have, with the offensive talent both teams have, and yes, I'm sorry, I see Bortles taking again another step no matter what, he's still thrown for over 12,000 yards, and he's had a rotisserie of wide receivers. No line until last year. No running game until last year. We, haven't, we, we have, don't know what we see in Bortles yet, about as much as we know what we've seen in Tannehill. And there's a whole can of worms there I can open up on social media. Boy, let me tell you something, JT. I have learned there are some rabid fans in Miami, you know, and that's one of the things that I'm going to be interested in asking our guests next week. Folks, if you missed it earlier, I announced we're going to have current Miami Dolphins defensive back. He won the only Walt Aikens on. I'm really looking forward to Mm -hmm. hearing from a guy who has to play on the defensive side of the ball and what he sees. See, because for you folks out there slamming Tannehill, 
the one group of people that aren't, and it's not a shy locker room, never has been, is that locker room right now. That locker room right now, everybody's pulling for Tannehill. They understand the position he's been in. So I want to hear, I mean, I, I, I'm just dying, honestly, to hear what he sees from the defensive side mm-hmm. of why he believes that Tannehill is his quarterback. Not my quarterback, not your quarterback, no Joe down the street's quarterback. His personal quarterback. I want to well, find out what if he you has listen, to say. And if you listen to what some of the players from the locker rooms have had to say, Tannehill really earned uh, some respect last year by the involvement he still had with the team, even though he was out for the year. The you know the passion and the and the learning and the and helping. You know, I just I think he really earned some stripes last year with those guys. And then you know, I'll go on record and say it. Who am I to worry about hurting people's feelings at this point? You get rid of a loud mouth like Landry, Pouncy, who mm-hmm. you never know if if a mouse farts out in the woods, he's out for a month with a concussion. You know, you get rid of him, S-A-W-F-T, from another show that we used to have. You know, Jay Ajayi can't block his way out of a paper sack. Get rid of him. And then Dominican Sue, you know, I was a Sue fan. Uh, still a great player. I don't think people really realize what he does on the field, how many blockers that that dude engulfs. But at this point, he was making too much money for where our team is at, so they got rid of him. You get rid of four big personalities like that, and maybe now Tannehill can ease into that leadership role and show people just what he's got. One of the opponents of yours is getting ready to uh, honor a former running back. And you got to give props to this guy. And it happens to be Tate from Tate's team. Uh, uh, on October 29th versus the Patriots, okay, folks, if you if you missed his career, go back and watch some of it. He was drafted in 1988, 40th overall. Thurman Thomas, number 34, is going to be retired. Only two other numbers are retired by the Buffalo Bills, Jim Kelly and Bruce Smith. Uh, you know, you look at this division, J.T., and you have a team like Buffalo that has Shady. You have a team that just went out and got a sec, uh, got a uh, second round pick in um, the Patriots, right? Was he second or first? First round for Sony, if you're talking about first Sony round. Michelle. Yeah. Okay. They go out and get him. Then you've got the Jets mess in the backfield. You look at that Miami backfield all of a sudden, and it's got it's got a little beef to it now. Now all of a sudden, you've got a guy who's your goal line back, and you've got Drake in the idea that there's your pass catching back. You've got tight ends now. You've got the wide receivers. Got a little O line help. Tannehill sat back and watched an offense that he had the opportunity to run, and it's been the same offense that he ran 
Now, he watched it from the sidelines, watched it run from the sidelines, stayed very active. You guys had a great draft. Miami had a great draft. I'm looking at a team in this division, if I'm, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, going to be nipping at the heels of the New England Patriots this year. Uh, and, JT, you're yeah. a fan of the team, uh, but I know you call it, call it honest. How do you see that AFC East breaking down this year? Well, I mean, you, you got to wonder what the Jets are going to do. Um, I don't think that they throw the rookie in uh, to start right away. I think you got a guy like Josh McCown. I think you let McCown play. I think you let Teddy Bridgewater play. I think this is one of those years that the Jets are basically playing for a draft pick. You know, the, it, it's funny, though. doesn't matter how bad the Jets team is, they always play Miami tough. They always play the Bills tough. So you look in that division, when I look at Miami, what scares me for Miami is a straight up the middle. Again, you lose a guy like Sue, they can encompass two and three blockers at any time. Uh, and now you're throwing it down to Jordan Phillips and Vincent Godchow. And I like both of those guys. Um, we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, I think the interior part of the line is, is going to be where we really need to beef up, if you will, uh, I know June 1st they get that money back from Indomitian and Sue, and they're probably going to go out and try to deal and, and beef up that line. So the one thing I like about Miami this year, though, is we actually have lunch pail guys, guys like Frank Gore that are professionals. They come into work mm-hmm. every single day and work their tail off. And I think those are the guys that are finally going to elevate Miami to the next level. And I could see a 9-10 win season in Miami this year. It's not out of the realm of possibility. For you fantasy folks, because you look at the division and it really, I mean, nobody other than, you know, obviously Shady, Brady, and Gronk. I mean, really, I'm going to tell you right now, folks, as far as you fantasy folks looking for sleepers, okay, don't sleep on somebody who is determined now with Landry gone. He has stated this is his time. Now the juice is gone, and he feels that he can see more balls his way. Kenny Stills is very confident in the idea that he's going to be able to take those extra looks this year and be able to go ahead and produce a career year. You look at Kenny. Kenny's got some talent. Kenny has a lot of talent. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he surprises uh, – wouldn't be surprised if he surprises um, a bunch of people this year. He really is dedicated. He has worked hard in the idea that he believes this is his year to show why he's the top guy. Working very hard at it. Yeah, I, I said it when we were doing the spring training reports. Uh, JT said it. I've said it. Fans of guys that are going to work hard for it. I mentioned it with Albies. I mentioned it with Acuna. Now, everybody knew Acuna. Nobody was really talking much about Albies. I told you guys, the kid's a workhorse. And all of a sudden, he's producing like a madman. You know, it's very funny. We joked, aha, he, he. You know, Sam Clum and myself and JT in this league. It's a highly frigging competitive league. 
We joke, ha ha he he, while we're on air, and at the other end, we'd slit each other's throat for the right player. I have Albies. I knew as soon as I saw that kid. This again, we'll go into it. Guys that are hard workers. Kenny Stills been busting his ass during this off season. I want to see now how that relays out on the field. It's going to be interesting. Let's stay on the East Coast for a second. Then we'll flop over. Let's go to the West Coast because I know we're going to have nowhere time to get in the middle. Let's go with the NFC East. And some of the fantasy predictions out of there. JT, I'm going to tell you, I mean, I have no idea how Zach Ertz really doesn't get. I mean, to me, I don't think he gets the props that he deserves as far as tight end work goes. And I think Ingram is another guy that on the fantasy radar is a guy that you're going to be watching. But, I mean, talking back, go back about Ertz, though. Is it me? Does it seem like he just doesn't get airtime on on these shows on on TV? I mean, you look at it, a guy that I, I think has the statistics especially to look last year in a lot of the leagues I played in, he was the number two uh, scoring fantasy tight end behind Travis Kelsey. So, you know, you're talking rarefied air up there at the top. you got a guy that's got a fantastic quarterback in Carson Wentz, a mm-hmm. system that Doug Peterson runs that utilizes two tight ends, but the point is they utilize the tight ends. Um, I agree with you. He doesn't get a lot of pub. He doesn't get a lot of pomp and circumstance, if you will. But the thing I like best about him is, He's one of those lunch pail guys. He doesn't give a damn. He's out there to do a job, and he goes out and does it. Uh, definitely one of my favorite players. And, again, in fantasy-wise, I have him listed as actually my number one tight end this year going in over Travis Kelsey. I think with Pat Mahomes in the system in Kansas City, I think you're going to see more balls go to the outside of the field than you do inside. I think Kelsey's still a top two, top three tight end. But I think this is Ertz's year, so I think you hit on something with him. This is a guy that more people need to be looking at. Ertz, Ingram, uh, out of this division for sure uh, at the tight end. You want to say Jordan Reed, but you got You can't talk about a guy at this point that has supreme talent who can't stay on the football field at all. I mean, right. the, the talent's not in question with Jordan Reed. It's the ability to stay on the field. If he could stay on the field, he'd be a top five tight end. And what do you think about uh, for Dallas, Dalton Schultz, though? I mean, they really don't have anybody. He's got to go ahead and get that comfortability with his uh, tight end, obviously. Are you feeling uh, Schultz Schultz might be good for maybe about 700 yards this year? I don't know where I'm going with that. Um, Dallas is a shambles. Uh, Terrence Williams (laughs) with the DUI. You know, that team just, they can't win. You're talking about a guy in Terrence Williams that basically could have performed his way into the number one receiver role this year, and he pulls that today. So, uh, Dallas, I don't think you're going to see a lot out of the tight end position this year. When I look at the Cowboys, I look at Ezekiel Elliott, Ezekiel Elliott, and Ezekiel Elliott, because that's really all I see on that team offensively. Zeke going to see... The number eight everywhere, eight in the box here, eight in the box there. 
a little bit, a little bit everywhere, folks. Uh, it's going to be interesting. There may be ten in the box against Zeke. And speaking of running backs, though, again, I mean, what's going to happen in Philly? You think Ajayi uh, goes ahead and becomes the bell cow that they really just were no. saving him, or do you think that they're going to go with the rotation, uh, New England style rotation, like they did? I, I think you'll see that rotation. But the guy that I like is Corey Clement. He showed it in the Super Bowl. His receiving ability, his blitz pickup ability, his running inside the tackles, outside the tackles, that's the most talented guy on that roster, in my opinion. And just not, let's not forget, J.H.I.'s got bone on bone in that knee of his. There's a reason why a guy as talented as he is drops all the way to the fifth round a few years ago. Red flag medical by a lot of teams. Good talent, but a guy that, doesn't want to learn the blocking scheme, and quite frankly doesn't seem to care to block uh, when he's called to do so. I don't think Doug Peterson messes with the franchise and Carson Wentz. I think once he sees enough of that, I think you'll see a Jay's time uh, dwindle as the season goes. Hmm. So you're thinking Clement, huh? Interesting. Love him. All right. I like a Jay, though, too. Maybe I'm a little partial because I met him. He's a nice guy. Um, but all right. Yeah. I, I just think that the, you're going to see that constant rotation, uh, that's becoming popular in the NFL. I, I don't think obviously you're going to see that rotation for Dallas. You're not going to see that rotation for the giants. Uh, you are going to see rotation in Washington. You know, you're just talking about getting prepped for your fantasy teams, okay? Keep an eye. There are backfields that are just simple, you know, listen, Saquon left, Saquon right, Saquon on the screen. Ezekiel right, Ezekiel up the middle. (laughs) Yes, get used to that. I mean, JT, go ahead. Uh, We both saw that fantasy, uh, the the Facebook post regarding Will. Well, you know. As you want to tell everybody. Well, it kind of goes back to my gripe of Seattle's pick of the first round of Rashad Penny. You got your franchise quarterback in Russell Wilson running for his life, and you got Chris Carson, who I think is every bit as talented as Mr. Penny is, and you go out, and instead of getting Mr. Hernandez, a definite first-round talent on the offensive line who's sitting there, you draft another running back, Pete Carroll. Not following you on that, man. Russell Wilson is playing for the Yankees in spring training for a reason. I think he's preparing for another career because if he has to run for his life like he did last year, he may not be staying up there with the uh, 12th man much longer. You talk about yeah, that kid Hernandez telling, telling and you, Jester, it's your Giants. You tell the story. I love hearing it about the lunch line with uh, Mr. Hernandez. Yeah, it's true, though, what you were saying. I mean, they had Carson back there. They had their change of pace back in McKissick, okay? They were fine there. They really needed to go ahead and protect their franchise quarterback. And, yeah, he we saw him in pinstripes. I, I showed you the pictures on Facebook. If you're on Facebook, people, if you're not fantasy jester, Facebook, it's that simple. Uh, and showed you the pictures of him uh, at the uh, Yankee camp in the pinstripes, looking good in the pinstripes, but then again, who doesn't? And, uh, you know, he might be wearing that jersey underneath his Seattle jersey, just, uh, you know, help him protect his ribs or something. I don't know. Because, uh, yeah, it was a dumb move, and it makes it even dumber as we go ahead. We alluded 
to the uh, Facebook thing that we saw and the Facebook post. And it was interesting. It was Will Hernandez talking about to Saquon about getting used to being behind him. He's going to lead the way. That's the kind of feel that it had is that, you know, wherever he goes, he's just there and look, Saquon just has to follow him. He's going to lead the way. And for a young guy to be taking it under his wing that, yeah, it's my job to clear the way for him and I'm going to do it. And he, you know, just the attitude that he's bringing besides the ability next to Nate Solder. Yeah. uh, Again, as I look at the backs, the running backs in the NFC East, you got to go Ezekiel, then Saquon and, I don't. I, again, it's a it's a mishmash. After that, fantasy wise, depends if it's PPR or not. You know. So, anyway, folks, that's pretty much. We're gonna go ahead. We we ran way over because we had so much fun with the callers. JT, that was fun. That ended up being fun. I was a little nervous about starting to take callers and whatnot, but um, we took some. We came out unscathed. Uh, not too bad. Mm-hmm. Fun night. No, not too bad at all. Yeah, we were able to go ahead. We got things out there. I was able to give some marital help tonight. We were able to play a little bit. Don't hey, we it. gave people. We did give people Mark Duper tonight. Yeah, I can't say we did. Sure. <laughs> we gave Mark Duper. Hopefully, we'll give. Uh, a, we, hopefully, we'll give a little bit more next time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Next week, folks. Walt Aikens, Miami Dolphins will be joining us. You got the auction over on eBay, Fantasy Jester Sports. Get yourself an autographed Slater Cuckoo jersey, number one draft pick of 2012 for the Tampa Bay Lightning, and 100% of those proceeds are going to Make-A-Wish. Don't forget, buy your sunglasses. You want sunglasses? Miami sunglasses. That's where the Jester gets his. I'm telling you, I love them. Don't forget, tune in next week for the Crop Report, where Jason and Tate bring you one hell of a segment of people that you should be watching on your fantasy list in your future. Follow the show, and we will make sure you do as well as we do in our fantasy leagues. Have a great night. Hope you enjoyed the show. I am the Jester, and I'm out. Hi, this is Bob Tewksbury, former Major League pitcher and author of 90% Mental, and you've been listening to Jester Fantasy, or Fantasy Jester, shit. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you could could use that. Can I? I might. Yeah. It's all right with you. No, I think it'd be funny.